Welcome to Volunteer Connection, the podcast for Girl Scout troop leaders. What's beautiful about Girl Scouts is that it takes girls outside of their comfort zones and encourages them to learn and grow and change the world. But Girl Scouts doesn't just do these great things for girls. It does the same things for the adults in the movement, too. This podcast is to celebrate those amazing adults, to share lessons learned, advice, and best practices, and to tell their stories. I'm back. Recently, I recorded all about my year planning strategy, but it's a little long, so I broke down the process to make an episode for each step or each phase of the process. This makes it more actionable anyway, especially since you'll probably do these phases over the course of a few weeks or months anyway. Before we dive in this week, I just want to remind you why year planning is important. Our first year, my original co-leader and I were flying by the seats of our pants. Every single meeting, we were asking each other, hey, what are we doing Tuesday? Or, uh, do you have any plans for tomorrow's meeting? And one of us would just be like, I got this, I'll come up with something. And it was so much work. By now, though, it's been a few years of learning and revising, and we're now masters at this planning thing. We have thorough, in-depth plans and a 10-month calendar, because our troop takes a break in the summer, with meeting dates and event and trip dates for the entire year. Of course, some things change or get rained out or whatever, and yes, there's still plenty to do all year, like organizing carpools and RSVPs and stuff, but oh my gosh, it is a million times better. Never again will I face a Tuesday going, uh, what are we doing tomorrow? I just look up our plan and check the supply list and I am good to go. And if one of the leaders gets sick or has a family emergency, no problem. We all have copies of everything and can cover each other easily. It's just straightforward. Not only is this process less overwhelming, but it is honestly super fun. In fact, let's dig into phase two, which is the most fun part of the whole process. But before we get too far, I realized something kind of important that I left off the calendar in phase one. So let's get that added first, and then we'll get to the real phase two. So, you definitely want to make sure you add Girl Scout-specific dates to your calendar. First, Juliette Lowe's birthday is October 31st. She was the founder of Girl Scouts, by the way, and many troops and councils enjoy celebrating her birthday as an annual tradition and an official Girl Scout holiday. February 22nd is World Thinking Day. Now, I'm going to do a whole episode in the near future on World Thinking Day and WAGS, but for now, if you aren't familiar with World Thinking Day, just know it's an official holiday that Girl Scouts and Girl Guides all over the world celebrate on February 22nd. It's basically all about a general awareness that we're part of a global sisterhood and to build that sense of community and understanding. It's February 22nd every year, so mark that on your calendar. Now, our council usually does a council-wide World Thinking Day event on the Saturday closest to World Thinking Day, which next year that just so happens to be the same day as the actual World Thinking Day, at least I think, but it's not always that way. For me, I know I can go ahead and mark that down. Some councils do this after cookie season is over, but whatever it is in your council, if you know the date of the actual event, you might as well mark it down. You may or may not actually end up attending as a troop, but you might as well mark it down so it's on your radar. March 12th is the Girl Scout birthday, which is the day Girl Scouts was actually founded. Now, you may or may not do anything to recognize the day itself, but again, you definitely won't do anything for it if you don't write it down and put it on your calendar. So go ahead and mark it. 
In fact, the whole week that contains March 12th is considered Girl Scout week. Girl Scout Sabbath, Girl Scout Shabbat, and Girl Scout birthday are all that week. So if you have a meeting that falls during Girl Scout week, you can definitely celebrate it. I also like to mark down fall product and cookie sale dates. Now for my council, fall product, which is nuts and magazines, is already posted online and I'm recording this in March. So I already have those dates down on my calendar. Um, and again, your troop may or may not actually participate in fall product, but you might as well mark the dates down if they're already available. And then of course, color code them or categorize them appropriately. And the same thing goes for cookies. As soon as those dates are available for next year, write them down. You might also have other significant dates from your council already. Maybe you have training that you'll need to take or an annual tradition or whatever. Go ahead and mark all those down if you know them. And if you're a new troop and you don't know what those dates might be, that's okay. But at least mark down the ones that I already listed. And you can also check with your SUM or your SUM or your service unit manager. Or you might call it something different like a community manager or a neighborhood manager. Or maybe you just ask a seasoned troop leader in your area who's kind of a good mentor for you that might be able to give you some dates to put down that are kind of like this. Okay, now we can dig into phase two, which is brainstorming. So fun! First, I need to address the girl-led piece of this because you're going to hear from everyone and their mother that this needs to be girl-led and they should be planning their own year. So this is going to depend somewhat on how old your girls are as far as how involved they are in this piece, but generally, yes, you do want to get your girls input on what they want to do and what they like and what they're interested in because that's the only way to know for sure that they'll be engaged and happy and that's obviously important for retention. But, okay, if you're a brand new troop, you may not have the opportunity to get them to plan their meetings, and also, no matter how old they are, if they're the ones doing every aspect of this process, it's going to take half your year to plan the next year. So, like, I just think there's ways to incorporate girl leadership that still count. So, no matter how old the girls are, if you're an existing troop planning for next year, You'll want to get their feedback and input in a few ways. Ask them what they liked the most and the least about this year. Ask them their favorite memories and what stood out the most. Ask them what they would want to do again or what they want to take a step or two further to learn more about. You also want to do this throughout the year, like at the end of an event or meeting or field trip or something. Ask them their favorite memory and what stood out the most to them about that day or that weekend. Ask them what they want to do again and so on. If you have a multi-level troop, you'll want to get this feedback both all together as a big group, but also separately by grade level, because you also kind of want to ask them questions about what they like doing with the girls in other levels and what they like doing just with their grade. Also, you'll want to go through the Girl's Guide to Girl Scouting together. And I just want to reiterate, this is called the Girl's Guide, not the Adult's Guide. So yes, we need it as volunteers, but it's meant to be in the hands of the girl. So even if you don't use them in the girls' hands all year, this is a time you really want the girls to be able to flip through the actual book. If they're going to be staying the same level next year as they are right now, then you can go through and identify what they've already earned compared to what is still available for them to earn. And remember, by now there are a million additional inserts at each level that don't come automatically included in the girls' guide because they're newer badges that came out more recently. So see what they're drawn to and what they're opposed to, but I'm going to reiterate. I said this before on this podcast, but my girls really like flipping through the book, but they tend to nix almost all the badges at first glance. And like, I'm getting really good at making them engaging and interesting, 
but just based off the names and the pictures and the colors in the book, the girls in my troop are really quick to write off things that they might actually love just because they don't see past the cover of the badge. And my troop isn't 100% badge oriented, which I'll dive into a little bit more in this episode, but yes, of course, we do earn some badges, so it's cool for them to see how much they've really earned this year and how much is still left. Then if they're bridging or starting a new level next year, then it's a fun opportunity to kind of like tease what comes next for them in Girl Scouts. And the handbooks have this really cool like map thing in the beginning of the book that shows like what a girl can do as part of the adventure of being at that level. So that's a fun thing to show the girls. And if you have a multi-level troop, this is definitely an activity that you want to do split up by level. How much they are involved in this planning phase of brainstorming is going to depend on how old they are. Older girls can brainstorm about what field trips they might be able to take that are related to badge topics or subject matter. They might be able to brainstorm about what guest speakers or connections or external organizations they can meet or talk to that are related and so on. And you can be part of this too, so it can be a conversation between you and them. Older girls might also consider like the logistics, the potential costs, and those kind of things when it comes to making these ideas actually possible. But younger girls are so much more limited in being able to comprehend that they don't know what they don't know. They're more likely to suggest things they've already done, places they've already been, especially on school field trips or family outings or something, people they already know who do things as opposed to people they could meet, and so on. So yes, those ideas all still count, and you still might choose to incorporate those things, but you also really want to introduce them to new things and new people and put them outside their comfort zones because that's like a huge part of the Girl Scout experience. So it might just be teasing them more or less or like taste testing, so to speak, with like, here are some badge ideas. How do these sound? Okay, so yes, the first thing is getting girl input if you're an established troop. If you haven't started yet or you don't know your girls and they haven't met yet, um, just skip that part for now. Or if your own daughter is going to be in your troop, I mean, you can ask her. Your co-leader or multiple co-leaders, depending on who you have with you to go on this little like troop leader adventure. Um, they can ask their daughters too. I don't actually have a daughter in my troop and neither do my co-leaders. So, I mean, you don't need to have a kid in the troop in order to be a leader. But if you do, you should ask her for input, even if you haven't met the other girls who might end up in your troop yet. Then you can also add your own ideas. And in my opinion, honestly, you should add your own ideas because this is where it gets so fun and interesting and you can seriously get so creative. The way we generally organize this in my troop by now is in a spreadsheet with multiple tabs, but you can do a Word doc or start with just like a piece of loose leaf and write it down by hand or whatever. But personally for me, I like Google Docs and I like using the spreadsheet option. I like using Google Docs or Google Sheets for this because you can share it with all your co-leaders so you're all looking at the same document at the same time and also you can all make edits at the same time. So that's my recommendation. And Google Sheets has a lot more functionality for this than just like a word processing document. So I recommend doing categories. And if you're using a spreadsheet, you might do multiple tabs for this or like multiple sheets. You know what I mean? If you're using a regular word style document or you're writing by hand, maybe just make multiple pages or at least like multiple headings for each different category. The best way to do this, in my opinion, is for everyone to have access to the brainstorming document and to add to it during the brainstorming phase individually. And by everyone, I mean co-leaders and maybe any parents who you want to include in the planning phase. That just depends on your troop dynamics. 
And if you don't have any co-leaders, then I guess it's really just you. You can have a meeting to do this to get these people together to add things, but some of it is like Googling and asking around. So it may or may not be a total time suck to do it all together, but it's fun. So it's up to you. I label the categories um, or the headings or the different sheets or however you want to think of it. Um, so I would recommend doing like sorting it something along the lines of um, badges and patches, activities, guest speakers, events, field trips, and travel. So let's start with badges and patches as the first logical section. This is probably where most people would start because badges and patches, of course, are what the program is built around. So for this, you'll need to brush up on your Girl Scout programming. If you're in your first two years of being a troop leader, you might not even know what badges are available for your girls, which is totally fine. For the sake of accessibility, I'm going to recommend the very first place you go is the Badge Explorer on the Girl Scout website. I'm going to link this in the show notes, but you can simply Google Girl Scout Badge Explorer and it will probably be the top result. You can filter the Badge Explorer either by level or by subject matter. But for example, let's say you have a daisy troop. I would recommend literally just filtering it for daisies, which is kindergarten and first grade. This is going to show you all the badges available for daisies. Even if you have a multi-level troop, I personally find it easier to start with just one level and filter it by level rather than filtering it by subject matter. Um, That's just my personal preference. So if you have a multi-level troop, I recommend start with your oldest level and filter by that and then make your notes as I'm going to describe in a minute and then move on to your next oldest level and so on and just like work your way down through all the levels that you have. And as you find things that overlap, you can just notate that on your brainstorming document. Okay, so for a little side tangent, let's actually talk about the structure of the program. Now, DAISY program is generally set up like this. You have the petal set, which are all those colorful petals that are placed on the uniform to look like a rainbow-colored daisy. You have the leaves, which are financial literacy and cookie program related. You have the journeys, which are a little more involved and focus on the discover, connect, and take action piece. And the newer badges, which are usually white daisy-shaped with little symbols related to the subject matter in the center. And then you have the rest of the levels, which are set up like this. You have skill building badges, which are based on the different program pillars and include life skills, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, STEM, outdoors, and so on. And you have journeys, which are a little more involved and focus on discover, connect, and take action. Most brand new daisy troops are starting with the petals and then experimenting a little with the leaves once you're a few months in. The petals are all focused on different elements of the Girl Scout law, and they are really setting the foundation for what it means to be a Girl Scout and how Girl Scouts live their lives. So sounds like a great easy place to start, which is totally fine if that's what you want to do. You can look at the full list of the petals on the Badge Explorer, and you don't have to go in any specific order. You can literally pick whatever ones you want in any order, and you don't even have to do them all. You can pick and choose which you want to do, or you can do every single one. It's totally up to you. Um, but to give you an idea, there are things like being honest and fair, friendly and helpful, respectful, using resources wisely, and so on. Generally, this is going to be more engaging for kindergartners than it is for first graders. Um, The pedal program as written means you like read a little story from the Girl Scout book and then you do some discussion questions and some kind of corresponding craft or activity to reinforce the lesson in the story. Now that's a really easy place to start if you're feeling overwhelmed about planning meetings. You can do one pedal per meeting and that would give you 11 meeting ideas. 
or you could even stretch them out and do like multiple activities or crafts related to the same idea. Like one meeting is following the badge work as written and then the next meeting is reinforcement. So you're gonna do another project around what it means to be honest and fair, for example. Now that would give you 22 meeting ideas and this is perfectly acceptable and probably relatively easy. So if that sounds good to you, then go ahead and look at what each of the petals stands for and then write them in your little brainstorming list. And if you already have ideas that come to mind of what you can do for an honest and fair activity, then go ahead and take notes on that. And let me go ahead and say, you don't have to do these as written. So if you're going to do petals as written, you're going to need to purchase a copy of the Girl's Guide to Daisy Girl Scouting. And your girls might want a copy of their own as well. And then you can all work through the stories together because all the petal stories are in the Girl's Guide. You might be able to Google around and find free copies online, but I'm just going to reiterate, if you do that, the person who posted it is actually infringing on copyright. Like, the only place these stories should live is in the Girl's Guide. That would be like me typing up the Harry Potter series and posting it online and being like, look, you can read Harry Potter for free on my blog, but you can't just do that. So you'll probably want to get the Girl's Guide. You can, however, search Google and Pinterest for ideas about activities that go along with the petals. And honestly, you don't even have to read the story from the Girl's Guide. So if the girl learns about being honest and fair and she's accomplished the little benchmarks in the Badge Explorer and you really feel confident that she's learned what it means to be honest and fair and why that's important as a Girl Scout, that we exemplify that, then it counts. So Girl Scouts, since the time of Juliet Lowe, have always been about the spirit of the badge. The badge requirements set benchmarks and they set a precedent. So they give you ideas and suggestions and they're set up in a way that girls could read the requirements themselves, fulfill the requirements on their own, and earn the badge. But you can take them so much further and do way more than what's written if that's what you want to do. So there's really no wrong way to do it. You can do it the way it's written and rely on the structure and support that was pre-written by like child psychology experts at GSUSA. That's why they're there. Or you can do your own thing and just get really creative about it. It's probably more work to do it the second way, but it's potentially also more fun and more impactful. If you already finished the petals, or if you think they don't sound super fun or whatever, then you can keep on scrolling in the Badge Explorer and look at the other badges available for daisies. There's a money management and a cookie business badge for every year of Girl Scouts. But if your girls are in the second year of a level and they haven't earned any of them, then you can do all four in one year. Hopefully that makes sense. Like if your girls are in first grade, they could earn all four in one year. I generally think that these badges are way more interesting than the petals because the petals are very repetitive in my opinion. Like if all your meetings are reading a story together and then doing a craft, which is what a lot of Daisy Troops look like, then to me that's just less fun because it feels like school. However, girls do really rely on consistency and on structure and they feel safe having like boundaries and expectations that are consistently met. So there's definitely nothing wrong with doing it that way. I just think that the other badges are more interesting and more engaging, and part of that is because I have a multi-level troop, so we're balancing engaging not just kindergartners, but also older girls. And the skill building badges for daisies are structured more like the skill building badges for the rest of the levels. Every age group also has safety awards, first aid awards, and my promise my faith pins, which are like about religion and faith and personal values, so you might get some ideas around those. And then there are journeys. So most of them are written like you get a separate corresponding journey book and they read the book and do the activities and then they plan a corresponding take action project and the take action project is basically like a super community service project 
Um, now, I'm not going to get too deep into the rabbit hole of journeys because that honestly needs to be an entire episode in itself, and I promise that is on my list. But basically, you can Google or Pinterest ideas for specific journeys that sound interesting based on what you see on the Badge Explorer, or depending on what it says and how detailed it is on the Badge Explorer description, you might actually have some ideas for your own activities. And then you'll build off it by doing a corresponding take action project of some kind. You may need to Google a little bit more about the journey, or if it's one of the original three, you can look in the girl's guide for a little bit more of a description, because I think generally the Badge Explorer descriptions for the journeys are pretty weak. Also, the volunteer toolkit, which you should have the ability to log into through your council website, that will also have the journey information, especially for the newer journeys. Basically, all journeys are going to have this pattern, discover, connect, and take action. So you'll want to discover and explore the topic and learn more about it. Then you want them to connect with the topic, connect with themselves, connect with each other, connect with experts in the field or other people who are already working to make change on the topic. And then you want to do a take action project, which really girls should come up with themselves. But at Daisy's, they're going to need some more guidance. You can incorporate guest speakers and field trips into journeys. And in fact, you really probably should for the most part. So you get that like connect piece. There are also usually other troops or service units or your council staff who put on like a journey in a day or a journey in a weekend activity if you want your girls to have a chance to earn their journeys and you don't really know what to do for them. But in my opinion, which I mean, take it for what it's worth, if you're meeting the descriptions and the benchmarks and you're focused on the topic and the girls are discovering, connecting, and taking action, then they're earning the journeys. I'm just saying. There are some engineering specific badges and some other skill building badges now that are like STEM and outdoors specific that are available at all the levels. So check those out and you can look on the badge explorer and get ideas of how you personally want to do them or you may have to buy badge inserts or whatever to get the badge requirements as written. Depending on what's on the badge explorer, I might do my own thing and be like, okay, yeah, I feel good about that. Or sometimes I have to actually go buy the badge insert to see a little bit more about it. Especially with engineering stuff, because I just don't know anything about it. <laughs> now for your actual brainstorming Google Doc. I like to set it up with like a couple of columns. So the first one is usually the name of the badge, or this might be multiple badges if you have multiple levels, like snacks slash simple meals. If you have a single level troop, this is maybe more straightforward, but for a multi-level troop, you'll also want to include a column that specifically designates like which grade or which level this is related to. And then I like to do a notes column where I can kind of jot down my ideas for how to actually do that badge. Like for example, our soon to be fifth graders really want to earn their detective badge. And we have a whole idea about creating like a murder mystery for them to solve while checking off the requirements for the detective badge. So I can jot that down. Now, I don't have the whole thing planned out, so I don't know exactly how it will work just yet, but I am 100% confident that we can pull something off around those lines, so I'll just make a note of it for now. I also make columns with like drop-down menus so I can select what program pillar or GSLE outcome or which of the five skills girls learn that this corresponds with because to me seeing that really helps me balance my year. Like if the whole year is really oriented toward one of the outcomes then I might be able to realize like hey they also need to do these other things. They need all of them you know like a little bit of everything. So if you need more in-depth reminders about the outcomes or program pillars or the five skills, definitely go check out some of the other episodes available. But anyways, sometimes I might make columns for budget or supplies needed, but for now you pretty much just are in brainstorming mode. You're not in full-on research and planning mode. So this is less important to get into those nitty gritty details right now. 
So like I said, if you have a multi-level troop, start with the oldest level and then work your way down. That's my recommendation and see how you can incorporate any overlap. And then, you know, you can indicate like what can be completed together and what needs to be done separately. But if you have a single level troop, it's just going to be a shorter, more straightforward process. So the next category or heading or tab or sheet or whatever on your brainstorming doc is going to be activities. So here's something that might sound shocking to you. You can do activities that aren't related to badges at all. So we generally do some badges throughout the year that are official, but we also do a lot of activities that we just want to do. So you want your meetings to be hands-on where the girls are learning by doing things themselves. And then you also want them to be cooperative. So encouraging them to work as a team toward a common goal. You might have games that specifically come to mind or things that you remember doing as a kid that were just really impactful for you or whatever. And this might come easier as you get to know your specific group of girls. Like maybe they really love art. Maybe they really love sports. Maybe they really love technology. Maybe they really love being outdoors and so on and so forth. I mean, most likely it's going to be a mix of those, right? Now the younger girls have a lot of energy. So high energy activities are really good if you have younger girls. Maybe talk to some local fitness instructors who have worked with kids. Um, maybe they can come and do like kid Zumba or kid pound, which is like that thing with the drumsticks or kid yoga or tumbling or whatever. Maybe you want to incorporate some movement into every meeting. So you have like a dance contest or wheelbarrow races or whatever. Girls in the younger levels really, really don't like just sitting still for hours and hours, especially if they're coming straight from a full day at school. So activities where they can be really physical and really active are going to honestly keep you from pulling your hair out. You can do obstacle courses, you could do outdoor play days that are sort of like mini field days or whatever. And of course, if they're a little bit older, you can do true field days. You can do a mix of like free play and organized play, but girls at the youngest levels really, really learn by playing. So you wanna probably try to research games or toys that they can learn from. They might make slime or kinetic sand, or maybe they aren't even really at the point of making it. They're just playing with it and making observations about it. There are really cool activities you can find just by looking at activities on Pinterest um, that are specific to whatever grade level you have. And then you can adapt them um, to make them like more mature or older, or you could just do them as is. Um, like you can make doodle bots with electric toothbrushes and now I'm gonna see if I can find a link for that specifically because that's a pretty good one. Um, older girls might do any number of things so you might have ideas from what I've already mentioned or things you've heard other troops doing or things you remember doing as a kid or whatever or if you want to come up with ideas then once again Pinterest is a great place to search for activities at a specific grade level and I also really like going on and looking at fun patches for inspiration. Sometimes for our older girls, it's that they want to build off of badges they loved that are already done or from a past level. Like our girls loved home scientists because they loved doing science experiments. So any science experiment meetings are always a big win. But as they get older, they need the science to progress with them. Some things will be fun for all ages, but not everything. Um, and then going to like snappy logos or advantage emblem or even the Girl Scout shop and looking at fun patches. Man. They have fun patches for literally everything, like I lost a tooth or even I got lost, which like those are probably not going to inspire your deepest levels of creativity. However, you may see some fun patches that really make you feel motivated and excited about activities you could do, like fun with duct tape or writing letters to the military. You might get ideas for like a father-daughter dance or a mother-daughter tea party and like tons of community service ideas and whatever else you want to do. 
Basically, as long as you're doing activities that are supporting the five outcomes, developing a strong sense of self, developing positive values, developing healthy relationships, seeking challenges, and learning to take risks, and taking action to solve problems in their communities, then you're good. You're doing the program. And girls should be accomplishing those by focusing on the specific skill building areas. So like outdoor program, STEM program, entrepreneurship, like the cookie program and learning about business and life skills. And you want to make sure your activities are girl led, which means they make decisions, they feel valued, they see the impact of the decisions that they make. And you want to make sure they're learning by doing. So the activities are hands-on and the girls are getting like real experience. And they should also be cooperative learning, which means they work together or they work toward common goals. And not every activity is going to meet all of those details, of course. They just need to meet some of them. And then all your activities over the course of the year should be like a good variety and a good balance to meet all of those program elements all together. Does that make sense? So some of these activities are not going to be working toward any official badge, but if you can tie them into a badge on the Badge Explorer, great. But if not, try to tie them into other principles of Girl Scouting. And you may want to refer to other episodes for this, but check out the GSLE outcomes and the five skills girls learn in the cookie program and the four pillars of Girl Scout program. You want to make sure they meet GSLE requirements, which is the girl-led learning by doing, cooperative learning, and then the discover, connect, and take action thing. And the best thing for me is just to make a drop-down menu for these on my Google Doc. And then on my brainstorming sheet, I just literally select the drop-down for what Girl Scout principle it corresponds to. But just as long as you're aware of them and what you're coming up with um, corresponds to those, it's just going to give you focus. Like, why are we making paper plate butterflies today? What are the girls going to get out of it? Can we tie this into something bigger? So yeah, that's the activities section. The next section or category or heading or sheet or whatever on your Google Doc is guest speakers. And I don't know about you, but I find that when I bring in guests to lead meetings or whatever, the girls are on their very best behavior. Plus, I think sometimes it just breaks up the monotony of always learning from me standing at the front of the room if I can bring in some new people and new voices. And since Connect is a huge piece of the program and is really all about understanding like who's out in the community and the different roles people play and what people or groups or organizations are already doing as a way to conceptualize both the girls' individual sense of self and their futures and stuff, as well as like who they might potentially partner with on things in the future. So I like a guest speaker section where I can brainstorm people I would like my girls to meet. And maybe this is tied into a specific badge or patch, or maybe it's kind of random. We've done like career day meetings in the past where we brought in four different people to a meeting with completely different fields to talk about what they do and to answer questions about like what it's like to be a woman in that field and what kind of personality traits would be most successful in that field and what training you have to do to prepare or to get certified to do the job and so on. We've brought in like a reptile handler, we've brought in a yoga instructor, like I said before, a pound instructor, a pound instructor, a Zumba instructor. We've brought in police officers and engineers and nurses and EMTs and for that detective badge with the murder investigation that I was talking about earlier. We plan to bring in a real crime scene investigator, and this is a great time to like scan your Facebook list and see who you know. Bonus points if they're women in various different fields. People can like Skype or FaceTime if you have the ability to like project it up on a screen or something, or of course they could come in person, or they could record a video for your troop, or you go visit them or whatever. So for the brainstorming Google Doc, I list out what type of person we're talking about, like 
police officer or state trooper, etc. And then I put what topic or subject matter it ties into. And here, this might be a specific badge or it might be like an outcome or a program pillar or something. Like maybe we want to bring in a counselor or psychologist and the subject matter column is something like self-esteem or something. Then I put a note section where I can put like specific people's names if I know someone in particular, like the crime scene investigator, for example is one of my sorority sisters, so I'm just going to jot her name down. We don't need to find one of those because I already know one, but maybe we do need to find one depending on what it is. So then I'll do like a website column as well because, for example, maybe we want to talk to a beekeeper, but I don't know any beekeepers, so I'm going to Google beekeepers in Arizona. And then after some brief preliminary research, I'm like, hey, here are three websites with good contact information for people who look like they might be willing to talk to kids about beekeeping and the important roles bees play in our world. I might also have a column on my sheet that's specifically identifying like the age group, too, if I have a multi-level troop, because um, these guests might be appropriate for the whole group altogether, or they might be better suited only for younger girls or only for older girls, and so on. Next section, or heading, or sheet, or category, or whatever. <laughs> events. Now this could be events in your community, like our town always does this annual parade and we've marched in it every year since we started, so that's an event we probably know we want to be part of. There might be other events we've never done, so I can look at programming calendars for local parks or festivals and like, for example, someone just told me about an Aloha Festival, which is a cultural festival that's got free admission. And it has like awesome food and cool merchandise for sale. But of course, there's free activities and information booths and stuff. And then we also have an ostrich festival every year in a neighboring town with like animals and carnival rides. And we have art shows and all kinds of other events in our community like that. Our local Girl Scout Council also puts on a ton of events all year. Now, their calendar is not going to be planned out and posted as early as we're doing our whole year. But we can look at the next several months at least, and sometimes we can look at events that like passed and get an idea of what we might like to do next year if they have similar things again. If you live on the border of multiple Girl Scout councils, then you can also look at what events are happening in your neighboring council and see if you can go to those, because that would be pretty cool too. Once again, I have columns to identify what, where, when, like if there's a specific time of year or even a specific date um, cost, even though I might not fill that in yet if I don't know off the top of my head because that's something I can go back and research in the next phase, if it relates to a badge or an element of GSLE, and so on. I want to have a notes column again so I can jot down random thoughts, and I want to have a website column so I can copy and paste the URL in there for easy access later. It might not have a website, or I might not know the website just yet, and that's totally okay. Next, we have field trips. Okay, now field trips and day trips are kind of similar but I actually put day trips in the travel section, which I'm gonna talk about more in just a minute. So generally the way I distinguish a field trip from a day trip is that a field trip is just an activity outside of the meeting place, whereas a day trip is part of the travel progression. Field trips are usually very local and they're just like outings. So some of these things I already have some ideas for and my co-leaders already have some ideas like Mary from work took her family to this place downtown and it was awesome so I'd like to look into taking my troop there. Or maybe you already know like the children's museum and the science center etc are going to be potential ideas here. But I also like to Google and Pinterest for ideas, like you can search for tourist attractions in your area or things for families in your area or field trip ideas in your area or whatever. You might find homeschool ideas, you might find best kept secrets, you might find super popular touristy things, and all of those are fair game for brainstorming. 
You might also find cool places you can go tour in your area, like police stations, fire stations, various businesses, restaurants, community colleges, universities, theaters, and so on. And I feel like you can kind of assume what columns I put for field trips because it's just like more of the same. I mean, you get the idea. So the last category or heading or whatever that I mentioned is travel. So let's talk about travel because this is going to be a progression, right? By junior and cadet levels, you want to be building up to more and more travel. Brownies and juniors and maybe even some daisies can be progressing toward this by doing like day trips further and further away from home or one night sleepovers and then two night sleepovers close to home and then progressively getting further and further away. So that way by juniors and early cadets, they can build up to maybe three or four nights and maybe several hours away. And maybe by the end of cadets, they're taking four to six night trips by plane. And by high school, they can take like international trips and so on. And of course, some girls or troops might be ready more quickly or more slowly than others. Maybe your first grade daisies are already doing two nights away from home comfortably without mom. Or maybe your young cadets are already planning an international trip. It just depends on their level of readiness, progression, and being on the same page as the families involved. So if you have a single level troop, then consider this idea of progression as far as like, where are your girls right now? If you're a brand new troop, think about spending your first year maybe pretty local and maybe incorporate like a late night pajama party or movie party or things like that, which would lead into year two of doing like one night overnight, super local, and then building up like that. So you might not even have a travel section if you're like a newer, younger troop, but as they get older or more experienced, you can use the travel section to come up with like day trip ideas and weekend camping site ideas. And camping sites should be closer to home at first and then getting progressively further away. So maybe start with moms there and then ease into like ratio adults only. And day trips can go progressively further away, working out as far away as you can reasonably go and return in the same day. This could eventually work up to turnaround trips where you like drive overnight, then do something during the day, then drive back overnight. But I mean, plan ahead to have rotating drivers because that is the most exhausting thing, seriously. If you have a multi-level troop, then your girls might be at different levels, so you'll want to consider, like, all the things. (laughs) And this is totally just brainstorming, so you're coming up with all the ideas that you could do, what sounds fun, what fits the ideas the girls already had, and so on. Like, I know my girls really love animal adventures, and there's an exotic animal ranch that specifically features ostriches, but they have all kinds of animals, and it's about an hour and a half or two hours away from us, so that was one of our day trips. Um, even further away, more like three to four hours away, we have a drive through animal attraction where you can see like wolves and bears and stuff. And they sometimes even like walk right up to the car. Um, and then the same attraction has like a petting zoo section with like normal petting zoo animals, you know, not bears. Um, so that's another one on the list of ideas for our younger girls because now they've done that two hour day trip. So they're ready to push it a little bit further away. So once again, I do columns on my spreadsheet that have like where we would go, and in this case, I have how far away is it, what age groups it might be appropriate for, and then spaces for like how much does it cost, a notes section, and the website. And some of these I might know and fill in now, and others I'm just going to leave blank for now. Like I'm probably not looking up the cost necessarily because this is just brainstorming, and I'm going to go back and do that in phase three, which is research. But if in my Googling or conversations with people, I find the cost or the website or the distance, then I might as well put that in there. Just easy access for later. Now, you're not going to do all the things that you put on your brainstorming sheet, for sure. Like, you can't do them all. So go ahead and list a lot of stuff, but don't spend too much time on this part, like daydreaming of the whole adventure. Like, 
if you have eighth graders and they're ready for a smaller international trip, maybe you're like, oh, we could go to Vancouver. And that's an awesome idea. But don't sit there and spend like six hours Googling and Pinteresting all the things there are to do in Vancouver. Because you might not even go at all. Unless the girls, of course, already determined that that's where they want to go. But for now, just list it as an option and maybe make some notes to yourself about like what you want to look up later or why that sounds interesting or where you heard about it. Like, Mary from work took her family here last year and she specifically recommended it. (laughs) If you have really mature brownies or you have juniors or young cadets, this is definitely a time to think about all the places that are within driving distance. That would be really cool. Maybe search Google or Pinterest for like best day trips from my city or easy weekend getaways from my city or whatever. You'd be surprised how much you can actually find that way. If you live in a smaller town or a more rural area, then you might need to do your search like from the nearest city instead of from your actual town. And once again, of course, bonus points if you can tie it into a badge. But most likely you'd tie in the activities once you're actually there to a badge or a patch, not necessarily the destination itself, but you never know. So the last thing we really have to talk about is outdoor progression too, because that's sort of similar to travel. Some girls are from camping families, and they camp all the time, and they're super independent, and they're ready for a camping trip by first grade for sure. Others are going to need to progress into it, and even if they've done it with family, it's different than doing it with Girl Scouts unless their parents come. So you'll want to start with younger or less experienced girls with just getting outdoors. Go for walks, play at the park. Ease that into hikes. What places near you can you go hiking, like in your local community? And start easy, simple, not a lot of elevation, not super long. Make sure girls get familiar with like what shoes to wear, what clothes to wear, bringing and drinking lots of water, only bringing items they can comfortably carry with them, keeping their hands free, so like wearing backpacks or water bottle lanyards or whatever. And then you're going to progress that, like take longer hikes or more challenging hikes and so on. You're also going to want to progress for overnights. So maybe start, once again, with a late night pajama and movie party, like I mentioned in the travel section, and then progress into a one night sleepover somewhere really familiar. Depending on your group, you might want to do like several sleepovers. So for us, we had a few girls that weren't even allowed to do overnights at all originally and had never done a sleepover until Girl Scouts. So we're talking even by like third or fourth grade, they still really had no overnight experience away from home. So we did a few sleepovers at the church where we meet. So that was in a really familiar space and the girls could all get used to it. And then maybe do like a one night camp out somewhere really close to home, maybe even in someone's backyard. And maybe you do like a mom and me camp out to start with, especially for like the younger girls. And then you can do two nights and then you can go further away from home and so on. So in kindergarten, you want to just start super basic and work your way up. And then it just depends on your group of girls and when they're ready to do more and more. And you'll progress at camp too. So like, for example, with outdoor cooking, start with super simple meals that don't require a lot of skill level and then progressively get more complex and try new things and use different equipment. There's tons of ideas online about meals to make and bring while you're camping. So check out Pinterest and the Facebook groups for that. You might also progress how primitive your camping is. Maybe you go from a campsite that has electricity and showers and flushing toilets to campsites that have like more of a porta potty style to campsites where you literally dig a hole. The dig a hole level of primitive camping is just not for me, but I do think it's cool to be able to say you've done it. And some girls and women absolutely love primitive camping. So this is a worthy thing to at least eventually like try out if your girls are outdoorsy and adventurous. Okay, 
So you've brainstormed a massive list of ideas and everyone who's involved in the year planning process should be adding their own ideas and thoughts as well by adding to the same document. You can get together and talk through them and maybe add more stuff or feel each other out and see like what's exciting to the whole group and what they're most interested in actually implementing. And if you have older girls, you might want to bring them in again at this point, um, especially by like high school. This would be a cool part for girls to get to take a look at this list and like make their own contributions, do their own preliminary research like you did, or at least narrow it down to like what they're most excited about. Um, and I mean, of course you could do that with younger girls too, but I generally don't. Um, I might test the waters a little bit as I'm coming up with brainstorming stuff. If I'm like really excited about something, then I might just mention it conversationally and see what their reactions are. But if you're doing this over the summer though, you just aren't gonna see your girls and so it'd be a lot more difficult to bring them in at this point and that's totally fine. As long as you're letting them give feedback in the initial part of this, like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, just give them opportunities to make decisions throughout the year. Okay, next will be the research and logistics phase, but we're gonna talk about that in the next episode. So make sure you hit subscribe so you'll get a notification when the next episode comes out. You don't wanna miss that. Leave me a review. Let me know if this was helpful or if you got any new ideas from listening to this episode. I can't wait to hear about all the cool stuff that you guys are brainstorming in your brainstorming phase. Talk to you soon. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.